Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager with the leadership team of Relate365.com. And if you've been listening to Younger Older, the last time we got together, I was with Tim and Lance. They're two young guys. And we talked about mentoring relationships. And if you didn't get to hear that program, you can go to Relate365.com and look up Younger Older with Tim, Lance, and Dave and download it yourself. Because I'd love to hear that and love to know that you're in a relationship where somebody's holding you accountable and you're doing life together and doing life together is important. Um, hi, guys. How are you doing again today? Great. Pretty good. Let's talk about some subjects that older and younger guys might have a different perspective on, like uh, money, finance, and how important it is in life to you. How important should it be? How much should you put away, do you think? What is the role of money in your life at, at this moment. Lance, what do you think? Well, first, I think you need to recognize, can you handle money? Do you know how to properly handle it? Do you know where it comes from? For me personally, I'm not good with finances. I don't like doing it. I have no desire to deal with it. My wife is very talented in running the budget. Which so, surprises me. <laughs> so she can run the budget, <laughs> and we can sit down, and she can say, here's what we got in this, we got in this, and I say, great, looks good. I have no desire to be rich, wealthy. I'm, I'm satisfied. God just, he takes care of us, and, and because I think Lord knows my personality. If I had too much, I'd probably be spending too much, and I'd be looking for just so much things in my life, so... He keeps me very content and satisfied of where we're at in life. Yeah, well, that's interesting because uh, your wife is my daughter. And in our life, my wife does our finances. And I feel like you do. Like, I don't even know what I make. And it's like, Why don't you take care of all those book things and tell me what I need to do? And uh, how do you reconcile that? You're the leader of the home, right? I am. But you let her do the finances. And we have a good, open relationship. And... We share things and we talk about things, and if a decision needs to be made, she will, you know, we'll sit and talk about things. But we have decided everything in the budget category. She will come and say, "What do you think about this?" And we'll sit and we'll discuss it. So you have one checkbook, not two. You don't have two different accounts. Correct. I I do not one savings. Yes, one savings. So all your money is, between the two of you is all your money. It's both of yours. It's one. Very much so. How about you? We all, we have, uh, Maddie and I have shared accounts. Uh, budgeting for us uh, is something that we probably need to do better at, and it's more my fault than Maddie's fault. Yeah, I would say you, you do numbers. I do numbers. Yeah. Uh, you I, just don't want to do it at home. <laughs> that's right. I, uh, I'm much more uh, careful and you know pay much more attention to the ins and outs of money at, uh, at my job than at home, but it's something that... Uh, Especially uh, in the last few months, um, you know, we've tried to take a little bit more focused approach to just, you know, my uh, my prayer has always been that God will provide whatever we, you know, as much as we need and not much more. You know, yeah. I'm the only one that works in our household. Maddie stays home and takes care of our six month old. Um, so. Um, you know, my prayer has always been that God will provide enough so that she can continue to do that, um, and he's done so, so far. And, and have you made decisions based on keeping her able to be at home? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, try not to to get too far ahead of ourselves and buy stuff that, you know, we don't need or, you know. That Plus, you didn't buy a house with a you know, 10 lap 
Olympic pool in it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we just recently bought a house and, um, you know, we bought one that was, you know, fairly inexpensive compared to, you know, a lot of the market. Um, yeah. So just trying to focus on that more, um, and, you know, being good steward of what God has provided for us and not just, you know, spending all our money on frivolous things or more money than we make that, you know, that's never a good thing. Well, let me throw the bomb at you then. So there's a lot of people that say, no, my, my wife has to work. There's no way she could be home with the kids. Is that, is, you're saying that that's not how your life is. Now, if somebody said they had to work, they had to be, because they can't be home with the kids. What, what kind of adjustment does it take if you really want to be home with the kids? I mean, what does it take to do that? Uh, you know, changing your budget to, to what, you know, one income is, is really what it's come down to. Maddie worked. Uh, when we first got married, she was working, um, and then when she got pregnant, she stopped working, and, you know, we just had to make that adjustment to, you know, we're putting a little little bit less in savings, and we're spending a little bit less on, you know, certain areas, and, uh, you know, if you really put your head down and, and you know, work out your budget step by step, um, you know, more than likely you'll be able to figure out, and that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in our case. Well, um, I'll throw the gauntlet down here because I think, you know, my wife, you know, she stayed home with our kids and she works now. Obviously, we don't have everybody at home, so she works all the time. And I think that's really healthy, you know, to be able to do that. But at the same point, you know, I, I've heard so many people say, no, that can't work. I, I have to work. Do you think that the kids actually want more stuff or they want more you? Oh, I, I definitely think they want more you. If you... uh if you, I mean, you know, maybe that's not what they think, but when it really comes down to it, uh, you know, I think they want more of you, and I, it's hard to say that necessarily, I suppose, because my kid's six months old. Well, so. it, I don't think it is hard to say because that's when they want more of you. That's true. Yeah, right, I mean, you know, right there. He loves being with us. You um, know, you've got older kids, Lance. Yes. There's times where they don't want more of you. That is that is a whole <laughs> no, lot of times. That's true. Yeah. No, so I yeah. mean, life different changes. life stage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there there are times where you got to realize, you know, you can stay home, but they're not going to come and spend time with you right now. So maybe you need to go get a job. You know <laughs> what I mean? True. Right. Uh, I'm not sure, and and we'll let people argue that out at home. But the bottom line, I'm thinking, is okay. You've made a decision, and as I look at it as an older guy, I'm looking at things like, you know, I don't want to train children to think that love is involved. I mean, that love means that you buy them stuff. In other words, you could go work and make a really good living and buy your kids all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't be able to afford if you were poor. But what if your children really would be better off if you just spent time with them? Are the richest kids in the world those who know that their parents actually love them and spend time with them? And maybe they don't have the best of everything else in the world. And maybe, you know, they have to live on a, a real strict budget if, if possible. Is there anything wrong with being poor? Can poor people love God? Yes, very much. Of course. So if loving God, can poor people love each other? They probably love each other more than some <laughs> with a lots of money, I would imagine. So my question becomes very simple then. Like, okay, if those are the most important things in life, then money isn't what dictates us. So you make a lot of choices um, according to the size house you're going to live in, according to the kind of cars you're going to drive. I mean, those things start making you more slaves to things than anything else, don't they? Mm -hmm. So how do, you, um, it, how do you talk about, I mean, when you talk about money at your age, you guys are young. Uh, Tim, you're youngest. 
and uh, I still think Lance is young. But when you talk about future, do you put any money away for the future? I do, yeah. Uh, my work has a 401k, and I put you know a percentage of my check into that every uh, every pay period, and you know a little bit now will you know obviously pay off a lot in the future, especially at my age. So yeah. Doing what we can, you know, and outside of the 401k, doing what we can to, you know, save what extra we have, um, put away for. So you don't have a formula you, where you say, I want to save this much? Uh, you know, like I said, for the 401k, that's a, you know, specific percentage. Um, and, you know, in our budget that we have uh, set out, you know, there's a certain dollar amount that is earmarked for savings. Okay. It doesn't always happen the way it's supposed to, but that's the idea at least. Now, do you have enough put aside in case uh, something breaks that you can fix it and not go into a crisis mode? Yeah, I mean, we just recently bought a house, and so uh, the coffers have slightly been depleted yeah, in some probably. ways. But, but yeah, you know, and part of the decision to buy the house was, well, you know, are we doing when we do buy it? Are we going to have enough savings in case something happens? Right. We don't want to completely deplete, deplete, you know, everything right. just so, just so that we can make this step. Um, you know, what if something happens and you got to, you know, got to plan for those. Or now, you're a financial guy, so I'll throw this at you just for the fun of it. I mean, I've always thought if you rent from somebody, they're making mint off you. <laughs> I mean, that's my it thought process. Like that, I don't it? know. Now, I'm not a finance guy, but that's my thought. It's like if you can make money off of me making this payment, then I need to go make a payment to myself somewhere and <laughs> buy a buy a place yeah, you know, right. that has at least a payment similar. To yeah, that because oh, yeah. I'm throwing it away to you every month. Well, and that was what, you know, a lot of times you look at how much a mortgage payment is and you look at how much you're paying for rent and it's like, hey, you know, right now we're paying less for our mortgage than we were, you know, a few months ago for rent. And, you know, all that goes into, you know, equity and kind of back in your pocket in some ways. So it seems so that guys your age, not Lance's age, but guys your age don't want to own as much as they want to rent. Yeah, the mentality has shifted on that quite a bit in the last you know few years to where they want to own or rent where they want to rent yeah. yeah it seems like that's the route people want to go they don't want to be tied down or you know who knows yeah that that's interesting i i suggest to every young married couple when i meet them is to make a plan to get out of the rental and get into a place you own i mean that's just my advice to them as an older guy um uh, my wife and i have lived in a home now for 35 years it's completely paid for it's a kuna matata this is wonderful you know, you might think I'll never get there. Hmm. You know, you will. You stay in one spot long enough, you can get there. And if you have some discipline where you can put the money away, and do you know how fun it is in life not to have a mortgage payment? Pretty fun, I would yeah, imagine. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now, now, maybe neither of you can understand that yet, but I'm telling uh, yeah. you from experience that it's fun to not have a mortgage payment. And you can use your money in, in all kinds of different ways then. And to, to both help people and, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that we use our money completely right all the time, but I'm telling you, it's been very nice to have the discipline of a savings, be able to take care of things when they break, and now to have, you know, no mortgage payment. And I think there are seasons of life where for my wife and I, as we get older, we should be socking money away. You know, I mean, it's the time to sock it away because you could get injured, you could get older and need more help in some areas, so you need to have some. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of though having huge savings that you can trust in. How much money do you think you should be putting away? Do you have a, do you have a formula for that, either of you? I, I've, I personally, I, 
I trust my wife in this category, but I also have asked some men that I trust, and they tell me, you should have at least six months worth of living in, okay. in case something happened. And, and, and I trust their answers because I see how good they are with money and, and how they use their money in their life. And so that's kind of what we look for and what we're striving to. Yeah, I, I think that's a good goal. I think that's a high goal. I mean, I hear more three months from people my age even, um, that if you have three months, you have a buffer where you can figure out another problem. Uh, six months is even better, uh, whatever that means. But that means a plan. I don't think you're going to accidentally save that that kind of money. Mm -mm. I don't think that happens by mistake. So. That's you why I'm married a saver. There you go. <laughs> she is. I'll tell you this. The one thing is, even when she didn't budget years ago, she had money. Because I, I just, she, you know, she caught, she's got my wife's ability to organize some of that stuff. But my, and I don't know if she has this or not, but I just don't like buying things. I'll walk into a store and I need shoes or something. And I'll look and I'll go, oh, they're expensive. And I'll walk out. I can make my old ones work. And my wife will have to go grab them and say, you're going to buy these. And she's the one that's really budgeting and doing all that stuff. But I'm thinking, I don't even want to spend the money on it. I'll just make these shoes last another month or, you know, whatever it might be. So I just don't buy them half the time. Um, I don't mind spending big wads of money, though. I mean, I'll, <laughs> you know, I go buy a new car or something. I don't care about that. But it's uh, it's those little things I just don't buy. It's kind of kind of interesting. What do you guys do on cars, used cars or new cars? Uh, we've always been used cars. Okay. Used. Used. Yeah. But you're a mechanic, so Lance doesn't count. I, I, <laughs> now, I'm not a mechanic, and that's why I say that. I, used cars scare me because some, they're used for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea why they're used, unless I know why they're used. I mean, how, how they've been used. Now, you know I have a used truck that I love, mm -hmm. and it's, I know the history of it, though. So it's, a, right. it's a great vehicle. Um, you, you have a used vehicle? Does it give you trouble? Uh, well, yeah, uh, we got <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a we, <laughs> we have uh, two two old cars, and they're probably one of them especially is probably getting towards the end of their life, but trying to hold off as long as possible. Um, yeah, I mean, my my dad was always a used car guy, um, so I've learned taking on that from him. Uh, we're, we've been fortunate enough; we've been married two years, and. Both cars actually came from our parents, right. um, so we haven't purchased one ourselves yet. But um, yeah, just uh, we're we're on the used side of things, and again, you know, making sure that uh, you know as much about about them before you buy them. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I think if you can get a used car that you know the history of, and if you're mechanical at all, you might get by with that good. But I, as a non-mechanical guy, I've been burnt several times with used cars they start costing me more than it than they're worth and you have this really strange decision you have to make like should i put more money into this or not right. at this point and i think that's a really hard decision to make for people you know if they should put more money into a car uh should you go into debt for a car what if, do you think if you can avoid it i if there's a way you can get around it if if Mine, I think, is the best thing to do. Uh, we unfortunately got kind of caught in a predicament where we had a car stolen, and we had one that was dying. So we were kind of faced with a choice, right? Because we uh, w both working, we need two vehicles. It just right. doesn't work for us. So 
that was kind of an unavoidable situation. Now, on the flip side of that, our goal is to pay it off as fast as we possibly can. Okay. You know, it's uh, I would give you advice from an old guy to you two young guys. I love this philosophy, but it's because I'm not a mechanic, and I don't want to mess with a car. But I like um, saving, putting away a car payment every month, just putting it away, and once you paid your car off, if, if you do have a car payment, just keep doing it for the next five years. Get a car that you can keep doing that with, and then go buy a new one. And you beat the system in two ways, I think. You beat the system by going in and buying a used car. I mean, that's how you can beat the system because you took a lot of the heat off of as far as what the value is. The other one is just keep it long enough. I mean, if you buy a new one and you keep it long enough, the, the minimum that my wife and I like keeping a car is 10 years. And, and, you know, if it can go longer than that, we will. So you end up with a car that you kept that you paid cash for, and you have 10 years to put payments aside to buy another one. And then you buy another one, and you know the history of that car from the beginning, you know. And so then 10 years later, you buy another one. Um, and that's what we've been doing uh, after we got caught up. And it took a while to get there, and we did the same thing. We had used cars from relatives and different things and then just start putting money away so that one day we could go in and buy something. And usually we buy the base model, you know, because the other stuff costs so much. But right. you can get really caught up in those, those car things. Cars are like uh, telephones now, phones. You, they, you don't call them, we don't call them telephones anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Sorry. me about telephones. Yeah, telephones. We don't have those. We have phones. Yeah, cell phones. But cars are like phones. They're, they become a, a part of life that you have to buy, and they diminish in value. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, those are two things at least I know you have to do. You have to have a cell phone, and you have to have a car. And they're both bummers yep. as far as financial. You're going to lose on both of them. It right. Do doesn't much matter. Probably uh, television's another thing you lose on. I, I mean, I don't know what else is in that category, but there's things like you got to pay for these silly things, and you don't get any investment value. A lot of expensive stuff diminishes in value. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way yeah. it goes, isn't it? All right. How do you budget uh, grocery-wise? How, how much money do you put? You have some, some kids, and uh, you have a son in particular in your house that, you could just put a a food grinder above his yes. mouth and just keep the food going, right? Well, for us, we're we're thankfully I, I'm a hunter, so I try and put away as much wild game as I can for his protein. Uh, and then I was blessed with my wife is probably one of the most amazing cooks I've met next to my grandmother. So. She can feed him to keep him full, and her meals are delicious. Okay. And she has a very tight budget. And we've gotten to the point where it's four days left in the month. Said, well, we are down to $2 in the grocery bill, so we better look and see what we can finagle out of the freezer. I'm like, that's easy. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so you do have a food budget, though, that you set? Correct. That you like to keep? Yeah. You have a food budget? Yeah, we do. And uh, we... Maddie does our shopping once a week typically, and you know there's kind of a dollar figure that we shoot for to stick within, uh, and she does a pretty good job of sticking, sticking within that. Uh, our six-month-old just started eating, so uh, yep, went up a little bit, but yep. uh, <laughs> he doesn't eat too much, so we're good. Now, do you do you go on vacations? Uh, a little bit, not too much, not uh, too often. I mean, how expensive and how important are they? 
uh they're more important to my wife than they are to me okay uh so you know that's something that in our marriage it's important to her so we try to put a little way um we just went out to washington dc and virginia for my graduation so that was a little bit of a vacation uh and uh you know celebration a little easier on you that's right (laughs) because you had to go to the graduate so that's right uh but yeah i mean it's something that's important to my wife and so uh you know, we we do our best to save a little bit uh, so that we can do that, whatever it is, um, even if it's not anything super extravagant. Yeah. Uh, and how important are vacations to you guys? We try to we try to do something once a year. Uh, this past year, we went to the Creation Museum and the art. It, but we also try and we lay out the plan. Okay, we know we're going to stop at least once for lunch on the route there. We're going to pack our lunches every day. Uh, we try and get deals as best we can where we stay. Uh, so, And then we know we have a certain budget dollar. And the, the nice thing is we try and come back under that. So right. we have a little bit in the budget amount for the saving up for the next time we want right. to go on vacation. Well, you know, it, people with vacation philosophies are all over the place. I've got friends my age that say you should never, ever care about what you spend on vacation. Hmm. I mean, they, they firmly believe that. To go out, whatever it takes, you just spend it because, you know, you deserve this break. Uh, my wife and I have never been that way. We have never. We, 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 don't, we do believe in going places. But, again, go back to what's important in life. Poor people can have good relationships. Poor people can love God. You can have vacations where you spend time doing things with each other that are very good vacations. Mm-hmm. But it's not where you go and you spend a ton of money to get pampered. You know, I mean, it's those things that get you in trouble. You're watching what everyone else is saying they're doing in life, and you're thinking we're missing out. Well, man, you can go on a vacation and come back and need a vacation from your vacation uh, because you you spent so much money and time and effort that you didn't really get revived and your relationships aren't any better and you're a little tense when you got back from the vacation. The best things that uh, my wife and I have done is um, – We'll go and, and we'll take one night and go somewhere and, and go bike. <laughs> we'll go up and, you know. And then, believe it or not, because I'm in the position I'm in now, I play the credit card game. I, I don't can't remember the last time, you know, we paid full price for a motel. Um, I, you know, I have, there's some credit that somebody owes me for something. And, and you know, if you, you give us 50,000 free miles for something, both my wife and I are going to have those credit cards. And we're going to get them and we're going to get free airplane tickets somewhere. And uh, the one thing that my wife loves to do is downhill skiing. We did that a lot as the kids were growing up. And really, Grandpa paid for it. So we didn't really pay for that. And uh, yet, she's really a good skier. So we still do that at our age once a year. But honestly, the flight's paid for by credit cards. The, The motel is paid for by credit cards. We make our lunch and bury it on the hill. Breakfast comes with the motel. And we eat supper at... Chick-fil-A. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's not like we spend this exorbitant amount of money on it, and we just enjoy being together and skiing out west. So you can do these things without being extravagant if you really want to. Definitely. Um, and I would encourage you guys as, as young guys with families to get in the habit of, of enjoying each other and not necessarily being extravagant with it so that you can enjoy each other. You know, let's go for two days. All right. Let's pitch a tent. You know, let's do something that doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, some advice that some older pastor gave to uh, our family when we were 
my brother's family in particular, but when we were a younger family, was the best investment he ever made was in a pop-up camper. Mm-hmm. And they asked him why. He said, because you ever take your kids somewhere, you pop this thing up, there's nothing else to do. You, you got to sit around the fire and look at each other. You're making dinner together. You're doing all stuff. You, you're forced to be together. Mm-hmm. And um, I encourage your, your son's young enough um, right now, Tim. I encourage you to think about those kinds of camping and different experiences that aren't overly expensive that, but maximize the relational side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, you win-win on both sides there. You're not spending a ton of money. And at the same point, you're spending time forcing uh, the relationship with with the young people in your life. Uh, we used to do that. I used to take kids out for a week on horses here at camp. And the very first night, we'd take them out. And the very first night, I would sit with them. And they would all come to me after, you know, we were five hours on the saddle. So they were they were pretty sore. You know, they city kids and not used to this. And five hours on the saddle. And they would come at night, and they would say right after we got supper done, what are we doing now? And I'm saying, we're sitting around the fire talking. And and the first night, all of them said, oh. <laughs> and they all went right to their tents and no cell phones, no, no, but they went to their tents and went to bed the first night. It's like, that's boring. <laughs> Next night, got to our spot, got all the horses hooked up, made, made dinner. What are we doing tonight? We're going to sit around the fire and talk. Well, now they would stay up till maybe half hour 45 minutes and then go to bed by the third night i went to bed and they were out till you know two in the morning talking around the fire laughing enjoying each other and i thought that's how it should be but it took it took three nights of being out in the wilderness for them to finally realize i can look at each other and talk and when we got back from those trips they talked about them as the most significant fun things they ever did in their life and I'm thinking, yeah, you wore the same clothes all week. You smell terrible. <laughs> I mean, you've been on horseback for a week out in the woods. You have mosquito bites like up and down everywhere on your body. You've had to go to the bathroom outside by trees. I mean, I'm going to start listing the stuff that all of you hate. And you just said you had the most fantastic week of your life. Mm. So what made it fantastic? So you guys are, are, are fathers who get to do that. You get to do something on a vacation where you actually can make it so affordable that you can do it. And it, focus it on relationships and see if that doesn't make a big difference down the road. You get to keep your money for other things that you need. And at the same point, that's why Christian camping, uh, for those that are listening, I mean, check that out. They got family camps, they got other things. It's usually a whole lot cheaper than going to Disney World. You know, I mean, not that you, I'm against Disney World. I'm just saying it's a whole lot cheaper uh, than going there. And then you get to spend time, like, in a lake and sitting around a campfire and doing things rather than going and spending all this money that you shouldn't be spending in the first place. So uh, it's kind of interesting perspective. Um, you guys are a little younger. I'm older, and we don't have that different of a perspective, actually, on what we need to do. Um uh, I, I did. We didn't talk about trust and money, and how God works money to help you trust Him. But I will encourage you to uh, be thinking about that. How can you in your life never get to the point where you trust money? Because I promise you, it will always fail you, and only God is worthy of your trust. 
Well, this is Dave Wager with our Late365.com leadership team. And today on Younger Older, we've been talking with Tim and Lance. We encourage you to go to Relate365.com and download the previous episodes. Goodbye.